through the holy written word. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Uh, Message today a little bit different than what I would normally preach, but I feel it's necessary. So we'll do the best we can here with this. And you mix your faith with mine and help me. And I believe we'll say what it is we need to say. And you'll hear what it is you need to hear. What do you say? But considering the uh, turbulence with North Korea, has anyone been following that at all on the on the news? And anybody? If you have, good. If not, there's some great turbulence between the United States and North Korea. And uh, some say that it is uh, as serious as we've seen since the Cuban Missile Crisis of 1962, when the United States was on the brink of nuclear war with uh, Russia, and now potentially with North Korea. And the situation could go either way, and so we need to, to be in prayer. Uh, let me just tell you this, though, that, that if you're under the sound of my voice, there's, if, you, if you know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, there's nothing for you to be afraid of. You, you need to understand that. Now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus, then, then you need to be afraid. You understand that? But if you know the Lord, as we share this message, this message today should do nothing but encourage you. If you don't know the Lord, then it should in, encourage you to get saved. But uh, So there's turbulence going with, with uh, North Korea, which of course could go any one of many different ways. And then of course, if you haven't heard by now, there's a solar eclipse coming. Anybody hear of that on August the 21st and then there's some other events taking place another event on September the 23rd uh, in, in the stars that some of the prophecy people are speaking about so I want to say some things today about how God uses the heavens to proclaim his glory how he uses the stars to to signal some things now you need to understand this astronomy is fine the study of the stars, that, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Astrology is what is demonic and sinful. You understand that? Astrology, horoscopes, those kinds of things, those are demonic. You need to stay away from those things. But, but astronomy, good astronomy, it, God is an astronomer. You need to understand that. I didn't say astrologer. I said astronomer. See, astronomy is a good thing. It's a study of the stars. The devil always takes that which is good and perverts it, you see. And that's what's happened with astrology. So we're not talking astrology here at all today. But, but, but astronomy, I think you'll find it interesting. Notice Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. The Bible says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the firmament. Well, he's talking about stars there. Let there be lights. Anybody ever look up at night and see the stars? Let there be lights or stars in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be, now notice this, let them be for what? For signs, seasons, days, and years. It's interesting, seasons, summer, winter, fall, spring, days, years, we understand that. But notice also for what? For signs. A sign is something that proclaims a message. Something that proclaims a message. And so God has set the stars for seasons, days, years, but also for signs. Now it's interesting, you know, I said a moment ago that God is a, an astronomer. Notice Psalms 147 and verse 4. Psalms 147 and verse 4. The Bible says that He, God, counts the number of the stars. Now, I can't do that, can you? But God can. He counts the number of the stars, and notice this, He calls them all by what? By name. By name. Think about that. You know, I know that uh, astronomers have names for the different stars. I don't know that they've ever been able to name them all. I'm quite certain that they haven't, but God has. And then notice, if you would, in Psalms 19, we'll read these verses from the Amplified Bible. It'll be on the screen if you don't have a copy of that. Psalms 19, verse 1. Notice the Bible Amplified Version says, The heavens declare the glory of God. I mean, when I go out at night and I look up at the stars, I mean, I can't help but think about the glory of the Lord. 
The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows and proclaims his handiwork. Uh, actually, the book of Romans first chapter says that that, you know, because a lot of times people will say, well, what about folks that have never heard the gospel? Romans, the first chapter says, if you go out, and look at creation, that creation itself proclaims that God is real. You need to realize that. And that's really what this verse is saying. The heavens declare the glory of God. The firmament shows and proclaims his handiwork. Day after day pours forth speech. Now this is talking about the heavens. Pour forth speech. And night after night shows forth knowledge. There is no speech nor spoken word from the stars. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice in evidence goes out through all the earth, their sayings to the end of the world. So the, the, the heavens are saying something, aren't they? Even though they're not speaking words, it, it is evidence that, that God is, is real. He numbers the stars, he calls them by name. And then they're there for signs, not only for days and years and seasons, but for signs. It's interesting if you go to Romans, the 10th chapter and the 17th verse in the NIV, New International Version. Again, it'll be on the screen. It's interesting because Romans 10 quotes from what we just read in Psalms 19. Uh, Romans 10, verse 17. I'll read this in the NIV. Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of God. I think the King James says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But then verse 18. But I ask, did they not hear? Of course they did. Their voice has gone out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. What's he talking about here? He's talking about the firmament, the, the heavens, the, the stars. The stars proclaim the glory of God. The stars are evidence that God is real. I don't know, but when I look at creation, I can't help but say God is real. How about you? And those stars are set there to let us know that God is real. But actually, if you study into the stars and astronomers, not astrologers now, I'm talking astronomers, have studied into the stars and they've been doing so, if you study it out, all the way back to Adam and, and, and then his sons and so on and so forth. Seth, you know, Cain and Abel, but then what, uh, Cain killed Abel, but then he had, they had Seth and so on. You can study, I, I studied one time, did an extensive study on the gospel and the stars. I taught it once here years ago. It takes several weeks to get through. But it's interesting as you study into the stars, did you know that God has put the gospel message in the stars? Now, now a lot of people don't know that. A lot of Christians don't know that. I'd say most don't know that. Because I know if you're like me and you go out and you look up at night, if you're like me, I, I see the stars. They're beautiful. I can maybe recognize the Little Dipper, the Big Dipper. How, how about you? I mean, but that's about as far as I can go. But if you really study into these things, which, which I did some years ago, I studied the constellations and, and, uh, and, and different things. And each of the constellations has three deacons, which further explain the constellations. So I'm not going to get into a whole study on the stars because that would take me a couple of months to go through that all with you. But let me just give you just a couple of minutes synopsis of if you studied into the stars, what you would find. Virgo, you ever hear of Virgo? The Virgin. Uh, Virgo shows the virgin-born Son of God. All God and all man. How many of you know Jesus is all God and all man? Who will again return in great power to shepherd the church for eternity. And then Libra, those the, the scales. It shows man weighed in the balance and found wanting. It shows Jesus laying down his life for us on the cross of Calvary. Being raised from the dead, crowned with glory and honor. And then Scorpio shows the devil going after the crown of God and being restrained by the Son of God, the Mighty One, Jesus Christ. And then Sagittarius shows Jesus through his death, burial, and resurrection, defeating the devil. Jesus defeating the power of not only death, but also of hell in the grave, and the praise to him as a result. And then Capricorn 
shows that through the death of Christ, the church is born. Very interesting. And then Aquarius, the water pourer, you know, that shows the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the great commission for the church to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then the Pisces, you know, the fish. uh, Remember that one of the symbols for the church is the fish. Pisces shows the church persecuted yet with authority over the devil being uh, protected by Jesus. And then Aries shows the rapture of the church. How many of you know Jesus is coming? There's going to be a rapture of the church. But Aries, as you study into the stars, shows the rapture of the church and uh, shows the church literally enthroned with Jesus in heaven and the release of the Antichrist. And then Taurus, the bull, shows God's judgment. His judgment during the tribulation period, which we haven't gotten into yet, culminating with Jesus' second coming. And then the church, uh, it shows, will only see with their eyes the reward of the wicked. That's why I said you don't need to be afraid of anything if you know Jesus. Because if you know Jesus, the only thing you're going to see is the reward of the wicked. You're never going to have to experience it. Isn't that wonderful? And then Gemini shows Jesus, the Nazarene, having returned to earth with the redeemed, having crushed the head of the devil, and ruling with the redeemed with a rod of iron. And then Cancer, the constellation of Cancer, I don't like that word, but that's what they named it. It shows the redeemed, having returned safely to earth with the Savior, dwelling on earth for eternity, being rewarded according to faithfulness. And then finally, Leo, the lion, shows Jesus as the lion of the tribe of Judah, prevailing over Satan and totally crushing and destroying his power forever. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, that's all in the stars, whether you realized it or not. But God painted that up there before he ever put man on the earth. Isn't God something else? And then... As we're talking about stars, how many of you know the Magi? Remember at Christmas time we talk about the Magi, the wise men. They were astronomers. They were not astrologers. They were astronomers. You can, you can uh, uh, if you study into the wise men a little bit, you can track them all the way back to Babylon and Daniel. Remember when he was carried to Babylon? How many remembers Daniel. Anyway, you can track these wise men having come down from from Daniel's school there in Babylon. And the wise men, the magi, you know, they came to see Jesus at Christmas time. How many remembers that? They were astronomers. They observed the stars. Now think about it. They observed the stars. Remember, we saw his star in the east and we've come to worship him. How many remembers that? And they observed the stars, and as a result, they got to see Jesus, didn't they? Now, if they hadn't been studying the stars, they'd have missed it. Is that correct? And and, and if you have the time, you ought to write this down, and you ought to go to YouTube on the Internet and, and look up the Star of Bethlehem by this man named Rick Larson. It takes about an hour, but it's an hour well worth your time. And, and you know they've got uh, computer programs now. I think the one he uses is a starry night. And, and, and you know this, the universe is like a big clock. And it, it works right to precision. And they can go back in time and show you what the stars look like, what the heavens look like, all the way back thousands of years and moving forward, you know, in time. But, but if you go and you look at this YouTube thing, that the, the Star of Bethlehem is very interesting because he'll show you on there what the wise men saw looking from Babylon over at Israel. He'll show you just exactly what they saw. First time I looked at it, my mouth dropped open and I had to watch it through a couple of times. It's bizarre. It's amazing what the wise men saw. And, and, and he shows how the, the Bible says how the, you know, then they lost track. The wise men, they came in there, you know, talked to Herod, then they lost track of the star and then they picked the star back up and it, and it moved a little bit and then it stood right over where the child was. And he shows you just exactly through retrograde motion and a whole bunch of stuff. Interesting, just exact. it happened just exactly like the Bible says that it does. I tell you, good science will just back up the Word of God. Can you say amen? But you see, if they hadn't have been uh, watching the stars, they'd have missed the wise men, they'd have, the magi, they'd have missed Jesus. Is that right? But you know what? It's interesting. Have you ever heard of Simeon and Anna? Anybody ever heard of Simeon and Anna? If you, if you read the gospel accounts when Jesus was born shortly afterward, the, Simeon was a devout man. And Anna was a prophetess. She was a devout woman of God. And they no doubt were in the scriptures. And uh, 
To my knowledge, they weren't looking at the stars. But they were looking at the Word of God. Now, I don't spend a whole lot of time looking at the stars. I I spend most of my time in the Word of God. But you know, God is so good and so gracious that, that for people out there that aren't spending time in the Word of God... He's he's put the gospel up there in the stars. He's put the gospel in creation. Isn't that wonderful? And Simeon was a devout man, and and the the Spirit of God had said to him that he would see the Lord before he died. You can read it right in the gospel accounts. And and, and now he didn't stay in the temple every day like Anna. She stayed in the temple every day. I guess she didn't want to take any chances on missing the Lord. She was there every day. But Simeon, the Bible says, he was led of the Spirit on a certain day to go to the temple. And... uh, you know, the Holy Ghost will always lead you to Jesus. Is that right? And, and, and so uh, uh, he was led, the Bible says, of the Spirit to go to the temple on a certain day. And guess who showed up? Mary and Joseph with little baby Jesus. Isn't, isn't that something? And then Anna was there. She got to see Jesus. You know something else that's interesting? The shepherds out in the field tending their flocks. I have no record that they were looking at the stars. I have no record that they were, you know, devout men in, or, or, you know, in the Word of God. But you know what? They were just out doing their jobs. And God is so gracious and so merciful. He had the angels appear to him and sing a song. Is that right? And, and so isn't it good to know God is so good whether we're looking at the Word of God, whether we're following the Holy Ghost, looking at the stars, or just doing our everyday assignment in life. God's good. He'll get through to us. Can you say amen? But I believe that God does show some things in the heavens above that we need to take note of. Now, I'm going to talk about this upcoming eclipse here in just a moment, but I want you to turn to Revelation, the 12th chapter, right now, because on September the 23rd, now I'm not talking about the eclipse now, we'll say some things about that here in just a moment. And most of you probably aren't aware now of what I'm about to talk about. But if, if you study prophecy at all or listen to any, any of the prophecy teachers, and, and I do some, you know, some of them are fine. Some of them aren't, but some of them are just fine. But on September 23rd of this year, there's an event going to take place in the, in, in the stars that apparently hasn't ever been seen before. Um, now, just so you know, in case you're visiting, you don't know my heart. Uh, since I've been, been, as I say, I'm 53, going to be 54. I know I look like I'm about 35. But for many, many, many years, I've heard people, uh, I guess it's the chicken little mentality. The sky is falling, you know. I'm talking about Bible teachers now and. On television, radio, different places, you know. How many of you remember Y2K? Anybody remember that? You know, and everything was supposed to fall apart in Y2K. And how many of you know Y2K came and went? We're still here. Is that right? And then I know back in 1988, somebody wrote a book that the Lord was coming in 1988. He didn't come in 88. He sold a lot of books. And then he figured out that he miscalculated by a year. And then he wrote another book. I think it was in 89 or something. And I guess the same people bought part two. I guess that guy made a lot of money. I don't know. But 88 came, 89 came. We're still here. Is that right? Is that right? Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. He said, when you, time you think not. See, he, he, Jesus throws everybody off. He said, time you think not. I'll come. See, so so I'm not one that says, well, the Lord's going to come this fall. Or the Lord's going to come on this day or that day. So if you're visiting, I'm just not that way. I'm not cut out that way. I, I, I've i heard so many ones over the years say, well, the Lord's coming here. The Lord's coming there. And then the Lord hasn't come yet. That you kind of get uh, where you, you almost uh, just don't want to hear that stuff anymore. You just, how many, you understand what I'm talking about? Just... You know, so many people, boy who cried wolf, you know what I'm talking about? At last you just, you just don't want to hear it anymore. But just because there's been some boys that have cried wolf, and just because there's been some fanaticism, doesn't mean that the Bible's not so. Let me tell you, the Bible is so, and at some point, the Lord is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be changed in a moment, twinkling of an eye, will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Just like He came the first time in Bethlehem, He is going to come again. Can you say amen? amen. At some point, it's going to happen. 
And no man knows the day or the hour, but I'm telling you, I believe we are in the season of it. You know, every generation from the... How many of you know the Apostle Paul was 2,000 years ago was looking for Jesus to come back? Is that right? And every generation has, has looked for the Lord to come and thought they were going to be the generation that he came in. And now here we are in 2017. And, and we might be. I, I, we very well could be. But you know what? Whether I go by way of the rapture or go by way of the grave, I'm going to heaven one way or the other because I know Jesus is my Savior. So I'd much rather cheat the undertaker. Can you say amen? But either way, we're going up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Is that right? You okay? You okay with my stance on this? But just because there's been a lot of people that have cried wolf doesn't mean that we should... What is it? You don't throw out the uh, baby with the bathwater. Is that right? So there is a real, there's a, I'm for the real. Let's, let's, uh, let, let's, let's stick with the real. I've learned with God there's enough real stuff to keep us interested. We don't need to fool with the false stuff. You know what I mean? But in Revelation, the 12th chapter, it's interesting as you, you, you read here, verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. Now, we'll, we'll go ahead, let's read the next few verses here. Then being with child, she cried in labor and pain and gave birth. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems on his heads. Well, you say, what in the world is that? Well, the book of Revelation written in a lot of symbolism. But that's talking about the Antichrist, you know, when he rises up in the future and his kingdom and all of that. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven, threw them to the earth, and... That really makes reference to when Lucifer fell, and we, we could get into all that. We won't get into that now. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who will rule all the nations with a rod of iron. Her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where there was prepared a place for her by God that they should feed her there for 1,000 260 days, it's I think three and a half years. That's making reference to when the Antichrist comes in there to Israel and turns his back on Israel, you know, at the middle of the tribulation. Then Israel flees into Jordan, into Petra there, and is kept safe for three and a half years. All of that, we could talk about all that. But the thing that's coming up on September the 23rd actually is in verse 1. And I, I realize most people aren't even aware of it, but it's interesting that in the... If you study astronomy, in the, in the heavens, in the constellation of Virgo, that's the Virgin, there's going to be something that's happened that, that the astronomers tell me have never happened before. And it's not going to happen again as far as they can see. And you're going to have Virgo with the uh, clothed with the sun. The sun will be positioned where it, it looks like the sun will be clothing her and the moon under her feet. Now, this happened, actually, now listen to this, interesting, if you go to the Star of Bethlehem that I referred to just a moment ago on YouTube, that Rick Larson, he'll show you that when Jesus was born, it's interesting, when Jesus was born in the constellation of Virgo, the Virgin, Virgo, was clothed with the sun, the moon was under her feet, but you didn't see the 12 stars over her head. But on September 23rd, you're going to have this exact same thing come up. Just like what happened on Jesus' birth. And the difference is between then and now, 2,000 years later, the way the stars are going to be and whatnot, the planets, you're going to have 12 stars on her head. And, and that's never happened before. Now, say, Pastor Terry, what, what does that mean? I, I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting, don't you? Could it mean something? It could. Could it mean nothing? It could mean nothing. Why did you share it with us then? Well, I think it's interesting to know, don't you? Now, you see, when you study the Bible, you also have to realize in Revelation, the 12th chapter, this has to do with the middle of the tribulation period. So I think we make a mistake if we try to make, make something that's not going to happen until the middle of the tribulation apply to something that's going to happen on September the 23rd. Can, can you say amen to that? And so you have to be careful when you, when you start listening to prophecy teachers or, or when you start listening to a lot of these things. Because if you're not careful, you can make things say what, you can make the Bible say something it's not saying at all. 
So on September, you say, what's going to happen on September 23rd? Well, according to the astronomers, you're going to have Virgo there. You're going to have her clothed with the sun. You're going to have moon under her feet, 12 stars on her. And, you know, September the 23rd, 2017, it may well come and go. Probably will come and go just like every other other day. Is that right? Probably will. Probably nothing happened. But you know what? Those magi, they were looking out from Babylon. They were looking over there to Israel. And one day, they saw the... And, and it's interesting the way that God did that. Those two planets stacked one on top of the other. I think it was Regulus and, and Jupiter or whatever. They stacked... And, and it was the brightest star ever. And that was the star that those wise men saw. What I'm trying to tell you is that... that when, when, when these different things happen and prophecy teachers say, well, this is going to happen, that's going to and, and the days come, the days go, nothing happens. I'm not saying anything's going to happen, but I am saying that we are in the season that Jesus is coming. And at some point, he is going to come. What, it, what has always shocked me is, is, is when a lot of these prophecy teachers, they'll say these things. They'll say, oh, September the 23rd. I've heard some of September the 23rd. You know, big things are going to happen. And nothing happens, but yet people keep following them. I don't understand that. If I got up here and told you September the 23rd something big was going to happen and it didn't happen, I wouldn't expect you to show up next Sunday. Right? Because I'd lose credibility. So I'm just trying to tell you that some things are happening. They could mean something. They, they, They could not. Let's stick with the Word of God. Let's hold fast to the Word of God. Because whatever's happening up in the stars, I mean, God does use the stars. But I tell you what, I'm going to stick to the Word of God. How about you? And, and, and if Jesus doesn't come on September 23rd, well, it might be on September 24th. And if He don't come on September 24th, it might be the 25th. And if He don't come on the 25th, well, it might be the 26th. You understand? And if He don't come this year, He, he might come next year. If He don't come next year, He might come the year after that. But I'm trying to tell you, Jesus is coming back. Do you understand that? Now, for example, God does use the the stars, he does, to show things. We, We read that earlier. The day Jesus died, we think about Jesus dying on the cross, and he did. But you also need to not forget, I mean, some things happened there when, when he was on the cross that caused the centurion... Remember the centurion? When Jesus died, the centurion said, I mean, one of the versions said that people hit their, and just bowed their head and walked off. Stunned by what happened, the centurion said, this man was truly a righteous man, the son of the living God. Now that was a hardened man, that that, that centurion that was in charge of crucifying Jesus. Something happened out there that got his attention. Well, Just watching Jesus, the Bible said on the cross he became unrecognizable as a man. That'd be enough to do it for for me if I saw that. The Bible said that in the Amplified Translation, it says that that it was such a gruesome sight to watch Jesus on the cross. And Isaiah bears it out that that we'd hide our faces because it was so gruesome. But some other things happened that day. You remember there was a big earthquake, wasn't there? Doesn't the Bible say that? And then the Bible says that from high noon to three in the afternoon, it was dark in the land. What does that mean? There was a solar eclipse. Now, this eclipse that's coming up here on, uh, what is it, uh, the, 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 what is it, the, the 21st? It's, and you know that's going, it's going right over, it's going right over St. Louis, isn't it? Interesting. But, uh, I'll talk about that more here, here, here in just a minute. But, but it's going to be dark for what, a couple of minutes or whatever. And by the way, don't look at that unless you've got the proper glasses. And be sure that the glasses you have are proper. Because just because somebody sold you glasses and said that they're good doesn't mean that they are. So just be, be sure they are. Because you could really hurt your eyes if you look at that. But be that as it may, when Jesus died, there was darkness for three hours. Not just a couple of minutes, but how long? Three hours. And there's some scientific explanations how, how God did that. I won't get into it right now. But that would get your attention, wouldn't it? 
And then something that most people don't know, but if you go to that Star of Bethlehem on the YouTube that I talked about a moment ago, that, that fellow that shows what the sky looked like using the, the Starry Night software, he, he, shows what it, he shows what it looked like, not only what, what, what the Magi saw, but he spins it ahead in time to when Jesus died. And when, did you know when Jesus died, did you know that the moon went into full eclipse? Not the sun, but the moon went into full eclipse. And when it raised that night, it was a full moon and it was blood red. Now, I don't know, but if I'd have crucified Jesus, I'd have been shaking in my boots right about then. That indicated a, full, a, a life fully lived, Jesus fully lived, and ended in blood. My goodness. So God puts the... And the thing about it is, and, and this just boggles me, that before God ever put man in the Garden of Eden, He set the stars up to, to be just right at the right place at the right time for these different things to happen. Isn't God something else? And then go to Acts, the second chapter in the 14th verse. A little different message today than I usually preach. You say, aren't your other messages good, Pastor Terry? Well, I hope they are. I hope they are. Just a little different today. But notice here, Peter, this is Acts 2.14, Peter standing up with the eleven. This was on the day of Pentecost, you know. This is about 50 days after Jesus had been raised from the dead. He stood up with the eleven. He raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And heed my words, for these are not drunk as ye suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, which means nine o'clock in the morning. But this, now what? What they saw there on the day of Pentecost, he said, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It'll come to pass in the last days, says God. Now, you have to remember something. To the Lord, one day is as a thousand years and the thousand years is as one day. So God looks at time different than what we look at time. I've been alive 53 years. That's a long time to me. But to God, it's not even half the snap of a finger. You need to understand that. But nonetheless, it will come to pass in the last days, says God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. That's why Dale's dreaming dreams. (laughs) We don't pick on George. We pick on you. But your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, your old men will dream dreams. And on my men servants and maidservants, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they'll prophesy. Now he's talking about something that would happen that they were seeing 2,000 years ago. But then it's interesting. It seems as though in verse 19, you tie verse 19 into verse 20. He kind of shifts ahead in time. To right before the Lord does come. Now to them they thought he was coming any any day. But it's been 2,000 years. And we're a lot closer to his coming now than they were then. But notice he said, verse 19, I'll show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Notice, I'll show wonders. You see, there's a lot of teachers and preachers that cry wolf. But just because there's a lot of them that cry wolf, you do need to realize that God at some point will do what? Show wonders in heaven above. And signs in the earth beneath. I don't want us to miss those, do you? Blood and fire and vapor of smoke. And notice the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. That's talking about his second coming. Now, right before his second coming, which takes place at the end of the tribulation period, and we haven't even entered the tribulation period, and the church, I don't believe, is even going to go through the tribulation period because we're going to be raptured out. I think the Bible's clear on that. Isn't that wonderful? And a lot of people disagree with that, but that's what my study has shown. But notice in verse 19, God says that before the Lord comes... And and more specifically, right before he comes, if you go into the book of Revelation, you can see right before the Lord comes, at the end of the seven-year tribulation period, you've got got wonders going on in heaven, you've got signs in the earth, you've got blood, you've got fire, you've got vapor, you've got all that going on. 
you got the sun turned to darkness, you got the moon, you got the blood moons, you got all that going on right before the Lord comes back. So primarily these verses need to be kept in the context of the book of Revelation right before the Lord comes. I'm not saying that the eclipse that's coming up here in a few days, I'm not saying that these verses pertain to that. Say amen. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that God does use the sky to proclaim things. And this primarily is talking about right before the Lord comes back. However, God does use things. How many remember the talk about those four blood moons that just, just, and if you're not aware of it, there were four blood moons and they were set, hooked up with the Jewish feasts and a lot of people had their eyes on that. I even taught a message on it. But remember when I taught that message some time back, it was similar to message like today, I, I, I told you, I said, look, these blood moons are going to take place. I said, something could happen. But it might not. And I said, I'd be shocked if something big didn't happen with Israel. But it might not. And guess what? As far as I can tell, it didn't. And I was shocked. But see, I didn't lose my credibility with you, did I? Now, this eclipse is coming up here in a few days. I I don't think at all that it's, that it's, it's, that verses 19 and 20 are talking about that one. It's talking about something else. But yet God will do things at times. Perhaps this this thing coming through here, and it's sad to say, but most people, the biggest thing they're going to get out of it is they're going to put their glasses on and it'll get dark for a few minutes and that'll be the beginning and the end of it. But what you do need to realize as you study Bible prophecy, which I have some over the years, it's interesting that, that eclipses, a lot of times eclipses, there's some, there's some meanings to them. Usually, and you need to know this if you ever study prophecy, the moon tends to do more with Israel and the sun tends to do with the nations. And when you see like blood moons or lunar eclipses, more tends to do with Israel. When you see solar eclipses, it more tends to do with the nations. And a lot of times it, it has to do with turbulence. In the nations, I find it interesting that we've got this solar eclipse coming over here in a few days and we've got great turbulence now with North Korea. I just find that interesting. Just interesting. You okay with that? Uh, Can I throw something in else? I think it's interesting. How many has ever heard of Jonah? Remember Jonah? Where the Lord came to Jonah, rise, go to Nineveh, that great city and preach against it. How many remembers that? He's a prophet in the Old Testament. God said, go to Nineveh. How many of you know Nineveh was a bad place? Evil people there. Jonah didn't want to go. But remember, Jonah didn't obey God and he went the other way. Is that right? And he wound up in the belly of a, of a great fish. Okay? And then, and then the fish actually, if you study it out, takes him kind of back, moving more toward Nineveh. And anyway, he gets out of the fish. The fish vomits him out. You know, it took three days for Jonah to start praying to get out of that fish. I think I'd have been praying on the entry of the mouth. Stubborn prophet, but he pray, God's gracious, and he prays from the belly of the fish. God hears his prayer. Fish spits him out, and Jonah goes to Nineveh. He walks into that evil city, and he gets up and, and he proclaims, So yet 40 days, and Nineveh will be overthrown. And they all repent from the, from the king to the cows. I mean, everybody, sackcloth, ashes, everybody repents. I've never seen anything quite like that. How can, a, how can a man walk in, just a, pro, a man, they didn't know he was a prophet. He just walks in there and said, 40 days, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. I think if I went into the city of St. Louis and said, 40 days, and St. Louis is going to be judged, I think some people take me and put me in a dumpster somewhere. I mean, you know, I, how, come, how come they listened to Jonah? And I wondered about that for years. But it's interesting, two things. Interesting. And, and one of them, bizarre. I missed it all those years. I finally saw it. Uh, in Nineveh, they worship Dagon, the fish god, half man and half fish. So if somebody came out of a fish and got up and preached, they're probably going to listen. Do you see God's great mercy there? Do you see that? How many sees that? God's merciful. He's very merciful. And, and, and he had Jonah put in a fish. And, and the guy gets out of fish and comes in and preaching. Well, that's going to get their attention. Interesting. 
But then there's something else happened that I didn't know about. If you study it, it it's in history. I, it was there all the time. I just, I just missed it. But did you know there was a great solar eclipse about the time Jonah went in there and preached? Fascinating. And so he comes in. He just got out of the fish. They worship the fish god. This man gets out of the fish. He comes in there and he preaches and everything goes dark. I mean, can you see why they might have had his, uh, he might have had their attention? And I was going to turn to all the, all the scriptures on it, but I'll just, just for the sake of time, I'll just leave it at that. Isn't that interesting? Very, 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 very interesting. And, uh, August the 21st, 2017, total solar eclipse. Now, what's going to happen that day? Probably what's going to happen is we're going to get up. At some point, it'll get dark for a few minutes. It'll get light. We'll go, whoop-dee-woo, wasn't that something? And we'll go on. Probably. Wouldn't it be something if the, I'm saying this and the Lord actually did come? I would have be something. But the, I hope you appreciate my that I'm trying to remain credible with you. But whether or not something happens on that, that whether or not there's going to be war with North Korea, there might not be war. It might get all settled. Now, I, 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 I don't. Know for sure. But I do know that these things don't necessarily all happen by accident. And maybe God's going to get somebody's attention with this thing that's coming up. What I do think is also interesting, if I might throw this in, and I didn't realize this, and it may not mean a blasted thing. It may mean something. I don't know. You, you decide. Interesting. But did you know that... We've got this eclipse coming up on August the 21st. It's coming. It's a total solar eclipse. It's passing directly and diagonally through the United States from the northwest to the southeast. It goes right over St. Louis. There's people coming from around the world to, 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 to this. We ought to rent our house out. We could probably make a point. Is it okay if I throw a little humor in as we go? But you don't have to go to Nova Scotia or anywhere else. You just stay at home. You can see this thing. Just don't look at it with unprotected eyes. But the point is, this thing's coming over. But did you know, and I didn't know this. But in seven years, on April the 8th, 2024, there's another one coming. Another total solar eclipse. Diagonally through the United States from the southwest to the northeast. It crosses in the midsection. It's going right over us again. It's... It really is. You ought to look it up. I wish I should have had a graphic for you. But it's coming right across us again. And it's going to intersect where the, the one's coming up here in seven days. This one coming up in seven years. They're going to intersect. And it's interesting. They're going to intersect. And I'll step back about 10, 12 years ago in prayer. Now, this is not to scare anybody. I can miss it. But about 10 or 12 years ago in prayer, I saw, and we know that the, the New Madrid, we know that there's, a, that there's a fault line there. We understand that. About 10 or 12 years ago in prayer, I saw there's going to be a major, I don't mean a little, little trembler, I mean a big one that's going to hit there. I saw that about 10, 12 years ago. I told my wife, I told some other people, and I told I said it's going to be midsection of the country, by the boot heel, just east, just, deep, just east, just barely east of the Mississippi. I, I saw that in prayer. I saw as I prayed. I saw it on the inside of me. I saw it. The Lord showed it to me. Ten, twelve years come, nothing's happened. But I called Diane up yesterday. I saw that on the computer. I about fell on the floor. The eclipse that's coming over here on, on, on the 21st and the one that's coming over here in seven years, do you know right where they intersect? They intersect right, right where I saw that thing 12 years ago. I about fell on the floor. Now, does it mean anything? Might not mean a thing. Might not have an earthquake. Might not have one for 50 years. At some point, there's going to be one. It's a fault line. But I'm just saying, it, it's just it's fascinating. Might not mean anything. Not to scare anybody. But not, but don't. It's fascinating. And it, it meant something to me because what I saw about 12 years ago, just interesting. Very interesting. If nothing else, it ought to at least get our attention. And I, I could, I can, I couldn't, I, I mean, I know there's an eclipse coming because it's like clockwork, but I tell you, I can miss it, but this Bible doesn't miss it. Can you say amen? Just interesting, how many, is, is, it's worth coming to church, maybe just here, just interesting, right? 
And when we could go on and on and on and on. But I want you to know that what we need to do is let's let's and this is what I do. I don't look at world events and try to make them match the scripture. You can get in trouble doing that. What I do is I look at the scripture. See, a lot of people look at world events first and try to get them to match the scripture. I look at the scripture first and then I watch world events happen in line with what the Bible says. That's the way you need to do it. That'll keep you out of trouble. Did you hear me? And if you know Jesus, there's nothing to be afraid of. And again, I'm not dogmatic about certain days or years. And if you attend here, you know that I, I, I stay right in the Bible. But it's interesting. I was uh, interesting. I was I, I, some time back, and I, I revisited it just yesterday. I looked at it again. Just interesting. May not mean a thing, but I was listening to um, Jack Van Impey. Anybody ever heard of him? I, I, I like him. He's he's. He's fine with me. I'll shine his shoes any day of the week. I'll hold his coat while he preaches. And then I heard Perry Stone on it. I heard John Heggie on it. They're all good Bible prophecy teachers. Good, good, good Bible prophecy teachers. I may not agree with everything they all say, but you know they probably don't agree with everything I say. Did you know that what we're talking about here with eclipses and things like are not essential things? I mean, what I mean by that is they're not heaven-hell issues. We could disagree on these things and still go to the same church. What we can't disagree on is who Jesus is. Did you, did you get that? Okay, so you understand that. But but they, this this Jewish rabbi, his name is Judah ben Samuel. He was a scholar and a prophet, and he gave back just I think it was just prior to twelve seventeen. That's a long time ago. He gave what's called the Jubilee's prophecy. This is interesting. Let me just take a moment, read it to you. He gave a, a, a Jubilee prophecy. A Jubilee, you know, is 50 years. You ever hear of a Jubilee? 50 years. And he said this. He said, read this. Don't, he, he sealed it up. He said, don't read it until after I'm dead. Now, I like a prophet like that. You know, anytime somebody gets up and they're drawing attention to themselves, telling you they're a prophet, they're drawing attention to themselves, you don't want to listen to people like that. You don't listen to people, well, you know, I prophesied that. I pro-. You don't listen to that. This guy, I like this guy because he, he lived back in the 1200s. He said, don't read this till after I'm dead. And he was a, a Jewish rabbi and, and very, very uh, solid from what I've studied. And, and he outlined history from 1217 to 2017. What year are we living in now? Right, now, now th- just interesting. He said, he said this. He, he said, in six jubilees or 300 years from 1217, the Turks would take Jerusalem. And that happened, just like he said in 1517, the Turks took Jerusalem. And then he said, for eight jubilees, or 400 years, because a jubilee is 50 years. So he said, in eight jubilees from then, the Turks would rule Jerusalem. And of course, that happened from 1517 to 1917. And then he said, Jerusalem would be liberated from the Turks. And that happened in 1917 by the British and General Allenby, and it happened to the day. Isn't that interesting? And then he said, for one jubilee, this is from uh, 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 1917, he said, for one jubilee, 50 years, Jerusalem would lay as a no man's land, and, 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 and it did. And that happened from 1917 to 1967, 50 years it laid as what would be called a no man's land. Then he said Jerusalem would come under control of the Jews. And that happened in 1967 in the Six Days War. And then he said from 1967, he said there'd be one more jubilee. And then you can look for the Messiah. And we're living in 2017. Now... Do I put stock in Judah ben Samuel or in the Word of God? I put stock in the Word of God. Judah ben Samuel could be wrong. The Word of God is never wrong. Do you understand that? But it is worth reading in at least, I mean, if he hit, every, he hit all these others. Are you saying Jesus is going to come in 27? I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's something maybe for, to have our attention on. 
But I've been preaching for all these years. And I've been telling, if you attended here 20 some odd years ago, I'd tell you just what I told you today. This, don't put stock in anything, but put stock in this Bible. And this Bible will come to pass to the jot and to the tittle. And Jesus could have come 20 years ago. He could come before we get to our cars. It could be another many, many, many years before he comes. You know what you do? You, you plan your life like he's not going to come in your lifetime. And you live your life like he's going to come in the next five seconds. Is that fair? Again, he said, no man, as I close, he said, no man knows the day or the hour, Jesus said, when he would return. He said, I'll come at a time you think not. We can know the season. I believe we're in the season. Yes, there's wars. Jesus said there'd be wars, rumors of wars, major earthquakes in various places. We've got all that Israel and nation again. We've had that since 1948. But of all the scriptures in the Bible, as I close, this will be the last one, all the scriptures in the Bible... Daniel 12 verse 4 has my full attention and I want to close with that because it's undeniable. Because you can argue and say, well, there's always been wars. There's always been rumors of wars. There's always been some earthquake somewhere. Now, you can't always say that Israel's a nation again. I mean, that's, you couldn't say that till 1948. That needed to be there. But next to Israel being a nation again, Daniel 12 4, it, it's undeniable. But you, Daniel, shut up the words. And seal the book until the time of the end. Now, not the end of the earth. The earth is not going to be blown up or anything like that. I, I could say more about it, but I won't for the sake of... But the earth isn't going to be blown up. God's going to renovate it with fire at some point, but we won't get into that now. He says this, talking about the time of the end. The time of the end of the age. Not the end of the earth, but the end of the age. Many shall run to and fro. Now, there's some speculation on what that means. I think it has to do with worldwide speedy travel, but nonetheless. But this next one is, is, is and knowledge shall what? Increase. Now, different people argue about, you know, people argue about anything in the Bible. But, but to me, I think that's undeniable. There'll be a knowledge explosion. Now, you know as well as I do, for all them, those years... We were, it was horse, horses, horse and buggy and whatnot. Now there's what? There's jets. Is that right? Is that correct? I mean, computers. Uh, let's talk about communication. It wasn't that long ago, smoke signals, right? And then it was a party line. Is that right? I remember the party line. T- telephone now. And I'd listen in on the other people talking. I was a little kid. Most people don't even know what a party... You know, a lot of little kids, you show them a, you show them a phone on the wall, they don't even know how to use it. They don't know what it is. But now we've got a cell phone. And that cell phone will do everything but take your temperature and it'll almost take your... T- if you, I mean, if you, you get lost going home, it'll tell you how to get home. I mean, it's become so valuable to people that if you lose your phone, you'll get another phone to call your phone that you lost to find your phone. How many has ever done that besides me? But the technology explosion, you can't even keep up with it. You get a new phone on a Monday and by the next Monday your phone's almost a dinosaur. Is that right? I know computer. You buy a computer and within a few months your computer, you gotta, I mean, it's, it's, how can you deny that we're in the, that we're not in the time of the end? Just by that one verse there, knowledge shall increase. Folks, whether there's an eclipse or not, whether there's a this star or not, whether Ben Samuel was right or not, this Bible is true. And Jesus is going to come again. And we need to be ready for him. Be ready. He said, occupy till I come. Watch. And you know what? I, I feel impressed to say this. Have you ever heard people say this is the year of? You know, you, you'll hear different preachers. I'm not here to bash preachers. I love preachers. I am one. But you'll say that, they'll say, this is the year of this, or this is the year of that. How many's ever heard that? In, in 2004, a year for more. How many's ever heard that? In two, we're going to come alive in 2005, right? In 2006, we'll pick up stick. I don't know. You know. 2007, we might go to heaven. I mean, I heard all that. I've lived through all of that. I'm at the point I don't want to hear that no more. You understand? This is the year of, the year of, the year of. But you know, this year the Lord, and if you were in that prayer meeting earlier this year that we had, we're over here in the smaller room, but the Lord spoke to my heart. 
And he talked to me about 2017. I've ne- he never has said this to me. And I, and I just almost despise somebody saying this is the year of. I just, because it's just usually so hokey. And, and so, sometimes there may be some truth in some of it. But the Lord spoke to my heart. And he, he said that the year, he never has done this before. That 2017 is the year of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Now right away people think, oh, that's bad. No, that's good. The the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The Bible says the fear of the Lord will prolong your days. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The Bible says those who have a fear of the Lord will depart from the snares of death. The Bible says those who have a fear of the Lord will tend to life and will be satisfied and will not be visited with evil. The Bible says that by humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. So I don't know all what that means, but that's the first time I ever got a year saying from the Lord in 2017. They, the rest of them say whatever they want, but I know what the Holy Ghost said. It's a year of the fear of the Lord. It'll cause sinners to get saved. It'll cause Christians that are living lukewarm, lackadaisical lives to get back on fire and get hot for the Lord. And if you walk in the fear of the Lord, it'll, it'll promote you. It'll bring honor, riches, and, 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 and it'll keep you from the stairs of death or prolonged days. I don't know about you, but I want to have the fear of the Lord. How about you? Stand with me if you would. I hope you got something out of this today. We're going to close with a word of prayer. And then we'll be dismissed. Sobering, if nothing else. Not a normal service here today. Do with what I said what you want. If you... Don't throw the word of God out, but the other things I said, if you don't agree with them, just throw them out. Um, With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want you to listen to me. I said it twice already. I'm going to say it a third time. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, there's nothing to be afraid of. But if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm not trying to scare you, but really... Really, there is something to be afraid of. It's called hell. And God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. That's why He put Jesus on the cross. And He shed His blood. He died up there and He was buried and rose from the dead. And if you'll just simply repent of your sins and receive Jesus, say, Jesus, come into my heart. In a moment's time, faster than you can snap your fingers... God will translate you. The Holy Ghost will move you out of the kingdom of darkness and move you over in the kingdom of light. You'll get what the Bible calls born from above or born again. You'll miss hell and make heaven. And then Jesus, he'll move in on the inside of you in the person of the Holy Ghost. And he'll make life worth living. Maybe you're here today and you didn't understand a whole lot of even what I said. But you know there's an emptiness on the inside. You need Jesus. Well, when, when we dismiss, all you have to do is walk up here to the front. And there's some nice people standing up here. Just say, hey, I want to receive Jesus. And they'll pray with you. And, and, and they'll lead you in a prayer. And they'll introduce you to Him. And in a moment's time, they'll come into your heart. Change your eternal destiny. So if you need to take advantage of that, you do that today before you leave here. Okay? And having said that, we're going to close with a brief word of prayer. We need to pray for our president. Just, we're not going to take long with it. But we just need to pray for the president. This, this thing in North Korea has the potential. It could come to nothing. They could negotiate it out and it just go away. It's a potential. It could turn into something very serious. We do have a president now. I respect the man. He's not playing games with people like Kim Jong-un. What a lot of people don't realize is all it would take is for Kim Jong-un to get get one of those things off those missiles and it wouldn't be good so we need to pray for our president so just I'm going to grab hands with my wife you just grab hands with the person next to you there we're going to do what the Bible says pray for those in authority Heavenly Father we hold up to you our president Donald Trump And sir, as we hold him before you, we just ask that you would give him wisdom. 
insight, revelation of the Spirit of God. That you lead Him, guide Him, and direct Him as to what to say and what not to say. What to say, when to say it, or when not to say it. What to do, what not to do. We ask that you'd put people around Him. And we're thankful that you have put people around Him with with wisdom, godly wisdom. Speak to their hearts. Speak to His heart. Lead Him, guide Him, direct Him. So that right decisions are made. Even decisions that may not look right to us, but we don't always know what's going on behind the scenes. But right decisions for this nation, for the people of this nation, that we may live quiet and peaceable lives. So we ask you to give him wisdom and guidance, direction, revelation in Jesus' name. And Father, as we move on out here, as these, as this eclipse comes, and I just, just trust that it will be used in such a way as to maybe touch some people's hearts that otherwise wouldn't even be thinking about you. We know you're merciful and you're gracious. We love you, sir. We bless you. We praise you. We thank you that you hear us when we pray in faith. And we believe that the things that we prayed for our president are thus and so and done. As we pray and believe we receive when we pray. In Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, Amen. Hey, greet a couple of people. Love on a couple of people and you're dismissed. Thanks for coming today.